Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Founder or how you can get involved, visit thefoundrychurch.com. All right, I don't want anyone judging me, but let me tell you about one of my first memories of praying. Um, I don't even know if it could be classified as a prayer, but it was on a night where there was some storms, and I was a little kid, and I was laying there in bed, and there was the lights going by on the street from the cars, and the, the branches looked scary in the shadows of the window. And I remember closing my eyes and pulling the covers over my head and saying, Dear God and Barney, Dear God and Barney, please keep me safe. Please, Barney, please, God, keep me safe. I remember doing that very clearly, uh, praying out to God and also Barney. And here's the funny thing. I never even really watched Barney. My parents found it a little annoying, so we didn't watch it. But yet I was still crying out for God and for Barney the purple dinosaur. I don't know why, but that is my first memory of a prayer. Like I said, I don't know if it could be classified as prayer. However, one of my favorite authors, F.B. Meyer, uh, the author of the great book, The Secret of Guidance, said, the great tragedy of life is not on answered prayer, but on offered prayer, right? right? And instead of it being something we do every day, like breathing, he says, or eating and walking and talking, it seems to have become that little glass-covered box on the wall that says break in case of emergency. I mean, that, that's so true, isn't it? Right? We so often associate prayer with crisis in our life. Only when I need God and Barney do I pray, right? You know, there's this old uh, preacher story that illustrates this point perfectly. The story talks about a man who encountered some trouble as he was flying his airplane. And so he, he called to the control tower and he said, pilot to tower, I'm 300 miles from the airport, 600 feet above the ground, and I'm out of gas. I'm descending rapidly. Please advise over, right? You got to say over, right? And then the tower says to the pilot, repeat after me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Listen, I mean, prayer, for the most part, is an untapped resource, an unexplored continent where untold treasure remains to be dug up and unearthed, right? Truly, the spiritual discipline of prayer is talked about more than anything else, and it's practiced less than anything else, and yet... For some reason, or for, for someone who's forging their life on God, who has given their life to God, it remains one of the greatest gifts God has given us outside of our salvation. Look at it, look at it like this, right? In 1952, Albert Einstein was delivering a series of lectures on the campus of Princeton. A doctoral student uh, asked this famous scientist, what is there left in the entire world for original research, right? original dissertation research? With considerate thought, Einstein replied, he said, find out about prayer. 
He said, someone must find out about prayer. Now, I, I don't really know if Einstein really said that or not, but it is a good story. And the thing is, is the Apostle Paul in Scripture, he, he, he said the same thing. Right? Paul was somebody who understood prayer and its power. Right? Prayer was a, was a part of Paul's life, and he, he took it for granted that it would be a part of every Christian's life who are people who are forging their life on God. Listen, so I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real here for a moment, right? You cannot really forge your life on God and be a good Christian, right, and not pray. You just can't. It's the truth, right? Just like you cannot have a good marriage if you don't talk to your wife, right? You, you can be a Christian and not pray, just like you can be married and not talk to your wife, but in both circumstances, you'll be miserable and not hitting the mark, right? And so get this, right? Prayer is the pipeline of communication between God and his people, between God and those who, who love him, right? Those who are forging their life on him. That's the pipeline. It's the means of our communication. So, so the question this morning is how? Right? How do we get in on this pipeline and communicate as we forge our life on God? Right? Really, right? how do we pray? Right? What is the, the posture of this ongoing conversation that we have with the God of the universe? Well, first, right, we have to make sure that we pray with persistence, right? That is the start, right? Paul says in the book of Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer or continue earnestly in prayer. Now, some other translations say continue steadfastly in prayer, right? The, the word translated continue steadfastly is one word in the original language, and it is translated as persist in right? Adhere to, right? Adhere firmly to, in fact, or remain devoted to, or to give unremitting care to, right? It has the idea of, of dedication, of long, hard dedication at all times. So listen, of the 10 times that the word is used in the New Testament, four of them have to do with being devoted to prayer, Right? It is a very powerful word. And what is cool, what is interesting for us here this morning, right, is that the verse is given as a command. It's given as a command. In other words, persistence in prayer is not an option in our desire to forge our life on God. Right? It's an order, a direct order from God himself. So let me, let me peel this first point by looking at it like this. Persistence in prayer. Now, two of the most instructive parables Jesus has ever told on prayer, right? One is in Luke chapter 18, and the other is in Luke chapter 11. Both have to do with being persistent and not giving up, not giving in, right, to keep praying. Luke 18 verse 1 says, now he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Luke chapter 11 verse 9 is where we find the promise that says, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened up 
to you. So Jesus, right, right, God in the flesh does not want to give, does not want us to give up in prayer, right? He instructs us to be persistent, to keep on asking, to, to keep on seeking, to keep on knocking, to keep on putting the hammer to the anvil, to keep on pounding, to keep on forging. Now listen, real quick, for a half a second here, let me zoom out here, right? There is a difference between a persistent prayer and a long-winded prayer, right? A, A person who is persistent in prayer does not necessarily have to pray for a long time, right? Persistence means not giving up, right? Now, some of us, we give up too easy, right? We, we quit because we, we feel we don't, don't feel like praying or, or the joy is gone, the feeling is gone. But we are not to live by our feelings, right? We are to live by the commandments of our great God who tells us to pray without ceasing. Right? George, George Mueller, one of my other favorite authors, and maybe someone who's known as probably the greatest prayer warriors of all times, had this to say about persistence in prayer. He said, it is a common temptation of Satan to make us give up the reading of the word, right, reading the Bible, and prayer when our enjoyment is gone. He says, as if it were of no use to read the scriptures when we do not enjoy them, and as if it were no use to pray when we have no spirit of prayer. And so he continues to say, the truth is that in order to enjoy the word of God, we ought to continue to read it. And the way to obtain a spirit of prayer is to continue praying. Right? The, the less we read the word of God, the less we desire to read it. And the less we pray, the less we desire to pray. So Foundry Church. Be persistent in prayer. Don't give up. Right? That's, the, that's the first part of our posture uh, of this ongoing communication with, with the God of the universe, right? Being persistent in prayer. And then we must pray with passion. Right? We must pray with passion. Right? If you are persistent in something, doesn't it just make sense or stand to reason that you are also passionate about it as well? Right? In fact, Paul says we should be vigilant right? or be watchful, and that is the exact opposite of laziness. Right? Right? This describes passionate prayer right? that, that we are commanded to have and to do on a daily basis. Right? Jesus right, was passionate about his prayer life. It was something he was always doing. S.D. Gordon in his book, Quiet Talks on Prayer, says, how much prayer meant to Jesus. It was not only his regular habit, but his resort in every emergency, however slight or serious, when perplexed, he prayed. Listen, when, when hard-pressed by, by work, he prayed, right? When hungry for, for community, for fellowship, he found it in prayer, his brother. Right? He, he, he chose his disciples, his, his friends, his co-workers, his colleagues, and received his messages uh, upon his knees in prayer. That's what Jesus did, right? If, if tempted, 
he prayed if criticized. He prayed if he was tired and worn out, right? If he was, was downtrodden in, in, in his soul and his spirit, he prayed. He had resources to his one unfailing habit of prayer. That's what he did, right? Prayer brought him unmeasured power at the very beginning and kept the flow unbroken and undiminished. Man, guys, I am so encouraged by that. To keep passionately pounding and forging, right? There is no emergency. There is no difficulty. There is no necessity. There is no temptation that does not yield to prayer. Every stinking time we see Jesus praying, he was praying with passion. In Luke chapter 3, verse 1, at his baptism, while he was praying, the heavens were opened. Listen, passionate prayer opens heaven. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, before he called his disciples, he spent the whole night in prayer. Listen, Passionate prayer gives us direction, gives us a purpose and a a way forward. Luke chapter 9, verse 29, at his transfiguration, it says, while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and started to gleam. Listen, passionate prayer enables us to experience the glory of God the Father. And this continues in Jesus' life and ministry. In John chapter 17, in his high priestly prayer, we learn that passionate prayer impacts the lives of those that are around us. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we learn that it is only through passionate prayer that we can pour out our hearts, our souls, to God the Father. It's, a, it, it's amazing because in, in Luke chapter 23, verse 24, as he hung on the cross, as he hung on the cross, we learn and we see that a life that is lived in passionate prayer will enable us to maintain that powerful spirit, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Listen, Jesus always prayed with passion, right? Because he knew who it was that he was talking to, and he knew that prayer to the Father is a powerful thing and not something to take lightly. Right? Prayer from the, from the heart, right? that is what passionate prayer is. It is prayer from the heart and not just the head. Right? That, is, that is how he taught us to pray, not only through his example, but specifically through his teaching. Right, if we look at like Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus instructs us on prayer, right? It is here where we find the Lord's Prayer. Or in, in Luke, like Caleb talked about last week in his, in his powerful message. But just before the Lord's Prayer, what does he say? Right, he, he says, when you pray, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles Right? That, that is not what we do when we're forging a relationship, right? I mean, guys, do you tell your, your wife, I love you? Oh, I just, I really love you. And I just wanted to tell you today that I love you. I'm so glad that I have this opportunity to say that I love you. I love you. This is a wonderful time to say that I love you. 
listen, I love you, my wife. It's just a wonderful day, and I love you. Now go feed the children, clean the house, and may all go well with you. Amen. That's not what we do, right? right, James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And so, Foundry Church, we pray passionately. That's... That's how we pray. That's the, the start of our posture, of all these conversations that we have. We, we have persistence, and then we have passion, and now we have to make sure we pray with thanksgiving, with thankfulness, right? right? Paul never fails to mention thankfulness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 tells us that thanksgiving is the natural result of being filled with and walking under the influence of of the Holy Spirit, right? Philippians chapter four, verse six tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything we should pray, giving thanks as we make our petitions known to God. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18 tells us that giving thanks at all times is God's will for us in Christ Jesus, Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says that as believers, everything we say or do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as we give thanks to him. And 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 4 says that food and, and marriage are good things given to us by God and are to be received with thanksgiving and gratitude. Pray before you eat those appetites, right? Got to pray before we eat those chips and salsa, right? Expressing gratitude does several things. Look, it articulates dependence. It demonstrates relationship, right? It communicates a proper attitude, right? Proper uh, gratitude and attitude, right? It generates humility. You know, at the end of this last year of 2020, we gave you guys little books to, to track your family's gratitude. It's a good habit. Every day, write down a thing or two that you're thankful for because it articulates dependence upon God. It demonstrates our relationship with him. It communicates gratitude. Proper attitude generates humility. Pray with a spirit of thankfulness. It doesn't end here, right? right? How we pray, we must also pray making intercession. We must pray making intercession. And intercessory prayer is just a fancy, churchy way of saying pray for others. It is praying for God's will to be done in the lives of other people. Intercessory prayers are characterized in the life of Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, the Bible says, He himself bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. Right? In Luke chapter 22, verse 23, Jesus tells Peter, I have prayed for you, right? That's intercessory prayer, that, you, that your faith may not fail. Uh, again, in Luke chapter 23, on the cross, again, on the cross, Jesus was praying for others when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Chapter 14, verse 15 of John says, Jesus interceded for us, asking the Father to send the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Right, John chapter 17, verse 19, he prayed for us, the church, in his high priestly prayer. Listen to the intercessory nature of this prayer. Right, he says, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on the 
the behalf of the world, but of those who you have given me. It was a, it was a thing he must do. It was a commandment he must follow. It was a, it was a task that he strived and lived to accomplish. Romans chapter 8, verse 34 tells us that Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of the Father, making what? Intercession for us. Jesus is praying for you right now. He's praying for us. And then finally, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it says, Also, he was able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession with them. As Jesus, Jesus prayed intercessory prayers. He was always praying for others. Right? In just a second here, I want you to take a look at this video. And it's a part of the Foundry Kids uh, lesson that we're, we send out on Sunday afternoons. So whether you're, you're watching online or if you're here, you're going to get that email. If you're a part of our Foundry Kids, you'll get that email. And it has the lessons and all the downloads. And it has a video each Sunday. And this week's lesson for the Foundry Kids is the perfect example of what intercessory prayer does. Now, their lesson's a little different than prayer. They're talking about the power we have when Jesus is with us. But the first part of their lesson, I couldn't find a better way to illustrate it. All right, so let's watch this quick clip. All right, Jeremy, we're here today for your challenge. You've talked in the past about your balance. Yeah. And so today we're going to have you walk this wall like a balance beam. But we're also going to have our team throw dodgeballs at you. All right, Jeremy, you ready? Yeah. Whenever you're ready, do it. Jeremy, you really seem to be struggling out there, but we're going to do it one more time, this time just a little bit differently. You're going to walk the balance beam, and I'm going to walk with you to help you through it. You ready? That's just a part of the video. That's not the whole lesson, all right? Foundry Church. We must pray for others, right? We got to knock those dodgeballs out of the way, knock them down. That's what we're called to do with and for each other. That's intercessory prayer, putting ourselves arm in arm together with each other as we serve the kingdom of God. So let me, let me leave you with this question as, as Caleb and Christina come on back up. What does your prayer life look like this morning? Are you persistent in prayer? Are your prayers passionate or are they lazy? Are you filled with intensity or are they weak, uh, timid, and lacking faith? Right? What, what about gratitude? Right? How much time have you spent thanking God for all that he has done for you? And then finally, who are you praying for? Right? Is there anyone in your life that you are praying will get saved? who will enter into a relationship with Jesus and forge a lifelong reliance upon him? Is there, is there a burden on your heart to see God's kingdom expand and to see his will done? Right? To, to see that every man, woman, and child in Burke are forging their life on God, 
that revival is coming in the name of the Lord? Is that a prayer that is in your heart today? That everyone around us lives their best life, that life that is forged on God. Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church Podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at thefoundryburk.